You're listening to Travel Talk Weekly with Rob and Carrie Stewart, travel experts, authors, and TV hosts. Join them every Tuesday as they take you to amazing destinations all over the globe. Whether it's cruising the seven seas, exploring Europe, or being pampered at an all-inclusive resort, Travel Talk Weekly is your passport to the world. Hello, my friend, and welcome to another edition of the Travel Talk Weekly Show. This is episode number 22, from Pixar to Disney+. Original air date, March 10th, 2020. And this is what I would call a crossover episode. It's travel-related, but it's also Disney. And we do have our Disney it Travel is, Secrets podcast. It is connected podcast. to our Disney show, I yes, will say that. it is. So this is about the book that I just read, The Ride of a Lifetime by Bob Iger. Many people know his name, but very few know his background. From his early days at ABC to the recently retired CEO of Disney, what he has accomplished in his unbelievably amazing career. Now, when you and I were talking about this, I was saying, okay, so how does this tie into travel? Because this is Travel Talk Weekly. It is. And as you went through the book, you said you could really see how Bob Iger had a thumbprint on everything that was happening at Disney in the last 15 years and how he took his expertise in the entertainment industry. And now we experience that in the parks. So there's actually some really cool crossover if you love to travel. There is a lot of crossover. It it wasn't as much that is we were sitting there like we'd be like waking up in the morning and like, I'm reading the book and I'm telling you about stuff. And you're like, oh my gosh. Like I was like bugging the crap out of you. (laughs) No, you weren't bugging me. It was was interesting. Oh my gosh. I just learned this from Bob. Oh, by the way, have you read this? And you're like, no, I haven't, but I will. Well, and another thing is one of the things a lot of people do when they go on vacations is they buy a book to read. And so if you are going on an upcoming vacation, this is one you may want to put on your reading list during vacation. So this is a book that even though it's Disney, it's also about business and relationships and I would say intuition. So here's what Bob said in his own words. If you run a business or manage a team or collaborate with others in pursuit of a common goal, this book might be helpful to you. And I could not agree more. I was so excited. We shared this with our our team of travel agents. I'm sharing this with everybody that I know. So many things to learn from it. And now that you have finished it, it's my turn to read it. And yes, I will allow you to use the highlighter. (laughs) No, I'm not going to mess up your book. It's all good. As we're using this book to train our agents that we have at this point, I just wanted them to kind of look at it from a business perspective because each and every one of them, they're running their own business. And I thought that this book could not be more relevant. So taking it way back, if you had the opportunity and if Walt Disney would have written a book about kind of his ride of a lifetime, so to speak, and how he created the Disney companies, this is kind of like the modern day Walt Disney to a degree. I mean, Walt you know, was would, the original. I would, I would totally go with that. Did you know that Bob was only the sixth person to ever run the Walt Disney Company? Which is just crazy. I did not know that. Well, as we mentioned, one of the ways that Bob Iger influenced Disney was through several acquisitions that he was responsible for. I didn't even know a lot of these backstories, but over the past 15 years, Disney has accumulated a lot of different assets. And they're ones that a lot of people think maybe that was always part of Disney, but it wasn't. And we're talking about Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilm, and 
21st Century Fox. So let's start with Pixar. How do you wake up on the morning of your first day as CEO and say, you know what? I think I want to buy Pixar. Now, Disney had always had that relationship with Pixar. Disney had had this relationship through Pixar because of Michael Eisner. But Michael Eisner had always had this kind of antagonistic relationship with, you know, between him and Steve Jobs. So even though Disney had acquired a, a big percentage of Pixar, there were still some things that weren't going right. I'm not going to go into the contract possibilities and all these other things were going on, but I can tell you that the very first thing that Bob Iger did was go in and meet with Steve Jobs to repair that relationship. Well, and today, of course, Pixar is very, very well known. I mean, this was back in like the infancy a little bit of Pixar and some this of their was very 2005, first... Yeah. As the... Bob Iger came into his own as CEO, he'd been with Disney for a good time at that point. You know, he he started with ABC back in the 70s, back you know, when I was just a little tot and you were not even born, almost. And <laughs> he kind of grew up with ABC and then it became Capital Cities, Cap Cities, ABC. And then down the road, Disney bought them. I mean, the ride of a lifetime to me is the perfect title. I will fully admit that he probably did not come up with that as the title. <laughs> Somebody probably gave him, Bob, I have an idea. Why don't we call this ride of a lifetime? And I think it truly is. So after you buy Pixar, and I mean, the relationship he had with Steve Jobs, he talks about that in the book. There were some things you shared with me. So that was really interesting. And now when you go to the Disney theme parks, you have Toy Story Land, for example, that's yes. like right there. So well, and even I'll tell you that probably the most impactful story that Bob told in this book is that when they were about to announce the merger of you know Disney buying Pixar, they were there on the day. When they were going to do the announcement, they were at their studios. They're like, oh, yep, you know, we're going to announce this at 1 p.m. Pacific. And about 12.15 of that day, Steve said, hey, Bob, um, let's go take a walk. And he was like, okay, we'll take a walk. I don't know what this means. And that is the day that Steve told Bob Iger that his cancer was back. He'd had cancer in the past. He had defeated it. And now his cancer was back. And he said, you know what? I'm going to give you the opportunity to back out of this deal. And so, Bob, I think... His initial reaction was contractually, what do I have to do? What what do I have to say? And part of it was he couldn't tell his stockholders, his partners, anything about it if he were to mention the fact that Steve was sick. So I think that goes a lot to the relationship between Steve and Bob, that Steve trusted him that much to say, hey, by the way, I'm dying of cancer. I'm probably not going to survive this. And I want you to know this before you move forward. And and Bob just said, you know what? We're doing this. So that was the first major acquisition under Bob Iger. I mean, right out of the gates, this guy is already taking Disney to the next level. Now, the next one was pretty crazy. And this was one I never saw coming at all. And that was Marvel. And again, this goes to Bob's character, his business insight. If you go back to how Disney acquired Marvel... It wasn't just a, hey, this is pretty cool. Let's go buy them. It was, I think they have some amazing properties. They have some amazing characters. They have amazing stories. And maybe they could be a really good addition to the Disney family. Bob had reached out to Ike, who at the time owned all the, the Marvel properties. And to me, again, as I'm reading this, I was like, oh my gosh, Marvel has 7,000 characters in the MCU. And Bob's was like, you know what? We have these, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 whatever characters that are everybody knows. And we have the almost 7,000 people that nobody knows. And he said, you know what? I'm going to talk to Ike. 
And I'll tell you who made the deal possible. And it all comes back to Steve Jobs. So, you know, we talked about this a second ago that obviously Steve helped with Disney buying Pixar. He also was the one who talked to Ike and Marvel and said, yeah, Bob's a good guy. Do the deal. Like, how crazy is that? That if, if Steve doesn't make that phone call, the Marvel deal probably does not happen. Well, the, the good thing about this acquisition by Disney was now Marvel has more resources that they can tap into. And so um, being the visionary that he is, Bob Iger definitely had some imprints on what happened on some of the future Marvel shows. So there were a couple that you pointed out to me. So Bob was all, he had this idea about diversity and not just, you know, hey, we should have this character or we should have this person. He went to Ike and said, you know, we should probably have a black superhero. We should probably have a female superhero. And that, and Ike's like, no, no, I don't think we need that, you know, blah, blah, blah. But that turned into, Black Panther, and Captain Marvel. And so you can thank Bob Iger. So again, we we talk about all the things that Bob Iger did. And I think that most people in the Disney universe are very reactive. Disney did this. It must be because of Bob and all the other things. They don't know what got them there. And I could not be more impressed with the things that brought Bob to where he is. And so for you Marvel fans, as a result of what Bob Iger did, now we are able to experience the new Avengers Campus that's coming this summer to Disneyland. So if you are a Marvel fan, that's something that you can check out. And then also in Paris, and we will be going there this summer, there's the new hotel that they are um, refurbishing right now, and that's going to be all Marvel themed. And then they also have their own Marvel area that they're renovating in one of the parks. So it's interesting to see all these little trickle-down effects where you think, okay, they acquired Pixar, they acquired Marvel, And then they slowly start bleeding out into all these places that we love to travel. And as someone who like studies Disney for a living, I was still fascinated by this book. It's like, oh, I kind of thought he did this. I didn't know. But I was completely amazed by what he's done. Now, this next part of the book was one that you had mentioned several times to me. And again, I haven't read it yet. We don't know this yet. I'm very excited. And that was another huge purchase that Disney made. And this, I would say... Um, based on what we can now experience in person at both Disneyland and in Hollywood Studios at Disney World, yeah, this was a really great acquisition. So would you file this under, it doesn't matter what you know, it matters who you know? I think so. And this is George Lucas and Lucasfilm. How big do you have to be when you can call up a friend, and that friend's name is George Lucas, and say, you know what, I'd like to go to dinner and talk about buying Lucasfilm. That's a pretty big That's name That's a drop. big thing. <laughs> and, and just bringing on the people that he did to make that happen. And George wanted to make sure that he controlled all the content when it comes to Star Wars and his legacy. And I can tell you that he was not happy with the first movie that came out, and that's okay. But he and Bob had created a friendship. And I think there was, there was personal trust there. And Bob just said, here's what I'm going to do. I know the contract says that I can do whatever I want. And here are a couple things I'm going to do. And I hired some people to rewrite the script. I think that's totally okay. Because he bought the entire Star Wars legacy. Everything from the, the first movie to the rest. And I get that George is like, hey, you know, this is kind of my baby. But I also think that Bob knew that you have to tell the right story. And George, again, at the beginning was not happy. I think he kind of got over it. I hope he did. 
Um, and if you're listening, George Lucas, you do have my direct phone number. You can reach out to me if you care. Well, and today, as a result, we now have Baby Yoda. That That is what has now come full circle with this whole thing of Bob Iger and what he's done. Acquiring Lucasfilm was amazing because now you can go visit Galaxy's Edge. And Baby Yoda. And Baby Yoda. <laughs> They've got to get that meet and greet going on soon. Um, but you can go and actually experience it. And so that's kind of like the next level of what's going to be happening at the parks. But I love hearing about the backstory of how things came to be. And what Bob Iger did has now completely made a huge impact on exactly what you experience when you travel to the theme parks. I can tell you that my dream is that Bob Iger reaches out to us and says, Hey, Rob and Carrie, do you want to meet me at the park? Yes, we would love to meet you, Bob. And I think even going back to the the Star Wars opening, which we all saw on TV, most of us did, and you can just see how proud he was. And Yeah, to the Galaxy's Edge Open. Yeah, yeah. And, and so... So Bob was supposed to retire in June of 2019. However, another acquisition kind of changed that because this was the latest one that he was a part of, and that was 21st Century Fox. Again, you start acquiring everybody. At some point, where do you like draw the line? It's like, you know what? I think I want to buy these guys. I want to absorb these guys. I want to you know, take over this company. How do you wake up and go, you know what? I think Fox, I think I'd like to buy them. <laughs> I mean, to me, that is, but that is such, that is what he does as such a big thinker. And the title of this show is From Pixar to Disney Plus. And I will say that even last year, we knew we were going to get it. It's like, okay, we have Netflix, we have Amazon Prime, we have like every subscription service that is out there. And we knew as soon as Disney announced this new service, we knew we were going to get it. And Bob Iger, was the genius behind it saying, okay, if we took all of our intellectual property, what could we do with this? Is Bob Iger comes from the entertainment industry. He so does, of course, yeah. one of his last legacies of things that he helped put together was Disney Plus. And in the book, he talks a little bit about that. And I think the thought process was what all, as far as from a property standpoint, what do we own? Where is the rest of the industry going to? He's always been a forward thinker. Again, forget the name. Disney Plus doesn't matter. What does matter is that he said, let's take all the content that we have from almost 100 years of Disney content, and what can we give back to our fans? And I know that you and I, we heard about this last year, and we're like, I don't care what it is, just take my credit <laughs> card. Well, we definitely reinvest a lot of our money and time into Disney we and do. the parks. So one of the things that I think, again, this is so brilliant, is if you do have a trip planned and you're going to Disneyland, Disney World, or on a Disney cruise, you can actually go on Disney Plus and watch a bunch of shows and get to know a little bit more about the backstory. You know what? That's a great idea, is if you have something that you love about Disney, go back and watch. If you're a parent or a grandparent, go back and watch some of the stuff that you watch as a kid and share it with your kids and your grandkids. That is an amazing idea. Yeah, so all of these things get kind of intertwined into your vacations where you can experience things in real life. And Bob Iger definitely knew was very similar with Walt because Walt always had this whole map, this whole strategy where you know you have people that are going to the parks, but he was a storyteller and he was making movies 
first before he was doing Parks. And so it's kind of the same thing where you have Bob Iger, who was in television and understood the power of that part of entertainment, and then carrying it all the way down into the vacations that people go to and enjoy every single day. You're right about that. Bob was a storyteller back in the 70s when people were not labeled as storytellers unless you wrote a book. And you could not be more right. And so I'm very happy to say we're going to London later on this year for your birthday, the home of Rupert Murdoch. On that particular section of the story, here is what I was blown away by, is that not only was Rupert open to the idea of Disney buying Fox, and they had to do a lot of different things. They had to divest out of sports because of ESPN. They couldn't be in broadcasting because they already had competing companies. And Rupert Murdoch said the only way that Rupert Murdoch would have moved forward, and again, how he had the, the, the foresight, the insight, whatever you want to call it, I have, really have no label for it. And he said, yeah, Bob, however, you're going to have to stay on as CEO. And so Bob was scheduled to retire in 2019, June of last year. And Rupert said, you know what? If we do this deal, you have to stay on past June of 2019. That tells you, again, the dedication of Bob. He's like, you know what? I was going to retire. He has more money than he will ever need. And he's like, you know what? I'll stay on for the good of the company. So I want people to think about that. I think he gets a bad rap for a lot of stuff that happens with Disney. And I really want people to take a second look at what Bob really does on a day-to-day basis, which most of us don't know. And he could have easily retired in June of 2019, he said, you know what? I'm done. I've I've served my country. I've served my served company. My country. I've, <laughs> I, I know, I've done what I needed to do, and yet I'm still going to stay on and help this through 2021. Yeah, and that just goes to show you that you know a lot of people, they're just like, man, Disney, they're such a corporate company. They're so big. And it all starts with the leadership at the top. That's why you have that Disney difference. Whenever you go on any Disney vacation, any Disney vacation, whether it is just to one of the parks, Disney Cruise, or Adventures by Disney, there's something different about it. There's something that's extra, extra special. And Bob Iger definitely continued to create that, but then he expanded Disney. That Did, did, he, did he plus it up? He plussed it up. <laughs> yes, that is exactly what he did. And yeah, if you're not familiar with that term, that is something Disney is always doing. So definitely go pick up this book if you love to be inspired by real stories and real backgrounds. This is a great read for your summer vacation or your spring break. This is great spring break read. Thank you again for listening to this show from Pixar to Disney Plus. So before we wrap it up, I know this is a short show this week, and a lot of it is because we have been quite busy helping our clients that have been affected by no, some of the no, modifications no, no. due coronavirus to coronavirus. Crap, it's not affecting us. <laughs> well, here's what you do need to know: if you do have any travel planned, most all of the travel companies, the cruise lines, the tour operators, and the airlines have some very generous rebooking options. They are not cancel and get everything back. Do not be deceived by that. So if you do have a cruise coming up between now and some cruise lines, it's through the end of May right now or the end of July. It just depends on which one. Or maybe you have a European vacation planned and you're starting to think maybe I shouldn't be going over there. There are a lot of places in Italy that are currently affected in the northern part and it's 
and we're just starting to get into their heavy travel season. So just get with your travel agent. Be very kind to them. And, you know, they, they've been working we, very, very hard for their clients. We are a lot of crap lately, <laughs> including a guy that we've known forever. And he reached out to me and started texting me yesterday. He's like, are you an idiot? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like calling me out about the coronavirus. And I said, hey, you know what? We saw a great deal this for this month, and we're going on a Disney cruise. And he's like, are you an idiot? I'm like, what is wrong? Like, he, he, this is someone we've known for over 10 years. And he was attacking me for wanting to go on a cruise. I just don't get that. Yeah, a lot of people don't have the, the right information. And I will say, regardless of who you, know, who you are, if you are older and you do have a compromised immune... By older, do you mean me? Like, no, I'm, I'm no, no, no. Not, I'm talking like I'm in really, your upper 70s. Okay, that, that's yeah. better. And if you do have a compromised immune system, it's probably advisable not to travel to affected areas or get on a long flight. And that's just in general during flu season. In I would general agree, for flu season. I would agree season. with that. Yeah. If we have a client that says, you know what, here's why I'm calling, I'm canceling. I do not hesitate. I'm like, yep, you're good. We'll cancel it. Yep. Here are the parameters. If I have a client that says, well, I'm thinking about canceling, what do you think? And I always tell them, if it was me, I would keep going. Hence, we're going on a cruise later this month on Disney. Yeah, we're very much looking forward to it. And we have another cruise booked at the end of April. Oh, yeah, we're doing Royal Caribbean out of Tampa. I forgot about that one. Hey, I will say, though, if you are listening to this and you would like to get a great deal, there are some friends and family. And guess what? If you're listening to this show... You are a friend of ours. And so we're more than happy to offer that discount to you if it's available. On Royal Caribbean, there's a ton of really great specials right now. After They are they're doing yeah. well. Yeah. So after April 10th sailings, I'm seeing some crazy awesome pricing. And I mean, it really would be cheaper for us in some weeks to go on a cruise as opposed to just staying at home and eating it. And I'm okay with that. By the way, if you are not listening to this, Please do not share it with anybody. <laughs> so yeah, reach out to us. You can send an email to rob at traveltalkweekly.com and we would love to help you out. And of course, if you already booked your trip and you're thinking maybe I should have gotten trip insurance, we can help you out there as well. So thanks for tuning in. We will put a link in the show notes to this book. You can go and buy it. It's not even an affiliate link. We'll just like say, go to Amazon. We don't do affiliate links. This was just, you bought it on Amazon. You had it shipped right to my front door, and you put the book on my desk. And I can tell you that is one of the most important books I've ever read. So hopefully this will give you something fun to read during your next spring break or your summer trip. And thanks so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you are enjoying our shows, be sure to leave us a five-star review. And we like when you don't, don't give us the stars, but you actually like type in some stuff. That's kind of nice. Maybe we'll read some now of those next week. You're making them work. <laughs> I know, I know. But I like to hear what people are enjoying about our shows. We have some really great shows coming up to you this spring and can't wait to take you to more places around the world. And if you take one thing away from this show, it is a great, big, beautiful world out there. Get out there and see it. And remember, never stop exploring. Never stop exploring.